0: Good morning and welcome to the broadcast today. I'm Pastor Jeff Shree, pastor of First Baptist Church in Texarkana, Texas, and the founder of From His Heart Ministries, heard every weeknight on American Family Radio at 6 p.m. Central Time. I've been filling in for Dan Celia, and we're praying that God puts his healing hand upon Dan and that he recovers fully and is able to get back to the airwaves soon. I'm joined in the studio today with my lovely wife, Debbie, And we want to talk to you today about not quitting. The Christian life is wonderful, but it can be tiring. And many people uh, struggle in the Christian life. As one person said, the problem with the Christian life is it's a marathon, it's not a sprint. You know, you can sprint through uh, something that okay, this is only going to last 10 seconds, 15 seconds, 30 seconds. Um, I can gut it out no matter how hard it is, uh, a sprinter versus a marathon runner. A marathon runner doesn't finish the race in 30 seconds. Right. A marathon runner has a completely different mindset. He does. And he knows, I mean, those guys are freak athletes. Those guys that can run 26.2 mile or 26.2 miles uh, in, in two hours. I mean, it's just insane, but it's going to take time. And the Christian life, the, the one of the struggles in it is it's long and it's daily. And as Chuck Swindoll said in a meeting I went to one day, he said, ministry, most of ministry is mundane. It's ordinary. It's day after day after day. There are some momentous days in there. But that's not the bulk of it. It's just doing the right thing, staying faithful. It is required of stewards that a man be found faithful. And it's doing what the Lord called you to do day after day after day. Now, the book of Psalms is such a great book. I was telling our church just last Wednesday night, if I were on a desert island and could only have one uh, book from the Old Testament to be with me for the rest of my life, I would choose the book of Psalms. It's the songbook of the Hebrew people, and it is just filled with encouragement. And as a friend of ours, uh, Glenn Bright said one time, "It was
1: Barbara, I think."
0: Barbara, uh, how do you, how can you sum up the Book of Psalms, 150 chapters? You can sum it up this way: Life is hard, but God is good. Life is hard but God is good. And David, who wrote so many of the Psalms, he was very upfront and honest about the fact that life is hard. He wrote this in Psalm 27. I would have despaired unless I had believed that I would see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. Wait for the Lord. Be strong and let your heart take courage. Yes, wait for the Lord. Now, that verse, Psalm 27, verses 13 and 14, when you couple them with what Paul said to the Galatians, we uh, are encouraged to keep going. He said this, and let us not lose heart in doing good. For in due time, we shall reap if we do not grow weary. So then, while we have opportunity, let us do good to all men and especially to those who are of the household of the faith.
1: I remember not um, too terribly long ago, we had an Olympic skater that was at our church and we, he talked about his training for the Olympics. And I think one of, if I remember correctly, one of the questions you posed to him was, okay, what do you do on those days that, that you're sick or those days that you just don't feel like training? And his answer was, well, I get up there and I, and I train even
0: harder. Yeah, he. that was Chad Hedrick. That's right. And he had won. Uh, he was a, a speed skater, uh, but long distance skater, and he had won a gold, two silvers, and two bronzes. He had been in, I think, three Olympics, and uh, yeah, he said he would be on the ice six days a week, six hours a day. That's a long. It's a lot
1: time. of discipline.
0: I said, "Well, Chad, what do you do if you're sick?" He said, "You have to. You, you just have to do it. Yeah, you, you don't get a day off because you're sick." Right. Um. So, yeah, no doubt that guy and and many professional athletes, they get weary in doing what they are called to do, but they keep doing it.
1: That's right. And, you know, we, we have an enemy out there who wants to distract us from continuing in our efforts to do good. And he wants to get us off course. He wants to get us to feel defeated and to think, why bother? I'm, I might as well just quit and throw in the towel. You know, I was uh, reading in my quiet time just this morning in Daniel and and Daniel chapter seven verse twenty five, and it says this: um, He will defy the Most High and oppress the holy people of the Most High. He will try to change their sacred festivals and law, and they will be placed under his control times and time and a half. And so he the enemy is out there to oppress us, to, um, to cause us to be worn down. And um, the Hebrew word for that worn down isn't necessarily referring to a physical wearing down, but it's referring to a mental and an emotional wearing down. Now, when you physically get tired, is it easier to become emotionally and mentally worn down? Absolutely. But there's a a different element where the enemy attacks us, and it isn't necessarily physical. We can be feeling great, and all of a sudden, we can just feel this oppression mentally, spiritually, just... um, distracted off course discouraged whatever it may be and that's just a direct attack from the enemy because he does not want us to persevere he wants us to throw
0: in the towel right and think about that in terms of prayer so the thing that god values in prayer obviously we pray in faith we pray according to the word but we pray with persistence. And Jesus would tell parables, the friend at midnight. He talked about the widow that kept coming before the judge. So the devil works to get us to quit, quit singing, quit preaching, quit teaching, quit praying. This is not doing any good. Um, This is just a waste. And he fills our minds with those things. And, and and to for the for the effect of uh, you're right um, you know I'm not seeing any results therefore God is not working therefore I just need to quit I love what the Apostle Paul said in 2 Corinthians four one he said therefore since we have this ministry as we received mercy we do not lose heart God's given us a ministry. And uh, Paul said, we don't lose heart because this is from the Lord, and we need to keep going in what he gave us to do. And we trust God with the results. I, I had a, I preached yesterday on the subject of hell and the great white throne judgment. And I tried by God's grace to make it as clear as possible to the congregation that uh, this is the end of every unsaved man, woman, boy, or girl. And if you uh, reject Christ or neglect to put your faith and trust in Jesus, you're going to end up at the great white throne. And, you know, you want to see a bunch of people respond. And we saw a good number of people come to the altar yesterday, but we didn't see a lot of people saying, hey, I need to be saved and and, uh, help me. And I talked to a friend of ours uh, as I was leaving yesterday, and I said, you know, I used to really get bummed out about that when you would invite people to trust Christ and people don't respond. But I said, I don't anymore. I just know that I need to present the gospel. I need to share it as best I can. And you leave the results with God. I can't. Uh, God forbid that I should try and manipulate somebody to uh, praying this prayer or making this false decision. That has to be God working on the heart. And so when you look at it like that, it's like, Lord, this is your work. This is your ministry that you've given me. I want to be faithful and pleasing to you in how I carry this out.
1: You know, it's interesting that you should say that because I think so many people see their pastors and their staff as just these superheroes, these, uh, above attack, above weariness. And what are some of the things, Jeff, that 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 do cause you personally as a pastor to become weary in doing good that you have to really guard your heart against?
0: Well, just physical tiredness and uh, just the constant, you know, uh, every time you turn around There's a sermon to preach. There's a sermon to prepare. And that just the dailiness of it can Mm -hmm. get difficult. When you see people that uh, you thought were further along spiritually and they make terrible decisions and it's just, you know, grieves your heart. But uh, to all pastors out there, we need to just keep going and trust the Lord. Well, Debbie and I are talking about not quitting in your Christian life, and uh, we are going to be right back after the break. So don't go away.
2: Eight three three forty four 44 bible That's 833-44-BIBLE 833-44-BIBLE Exploring the Word I think it's wiser to lay the issue out before God than to tell God what to do. That's very wise and it takes a level of trust to do that. I doesn't? trust you Lord. Makes
3: me think of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. God you're able to deliver us from this fiery burning furnace. But if not We're still not going to bow down. We trust you no matter what.
4: Join Bert Harper and Alex McFarland weekday afternoons at 3 Central on American Family Radio. This is the time where we all better
5: be
6: on our knees in front of our windows. Where we better have the boldness to stand on the
0: truth of God's word. Where our allegiance better be to Him. Listen, He alone has an enduring kingdom. He alone, He alone makes promises and keeps them. God alone Nobody else.
7: Airing the Addisons. Weekday afternoons at 2 Central on American Family Radio.
0: Hi, and welcome back to the broadcast. Pastor Jeff Shreve here, pastor at First Baptist Church in Texarkana, Texas. And the founder of From His Heart Ministries. I'm joined by my beautiful wife, Debbie, as we're talking about the subject of not losing heart. Uh, don't grow weary in doing good, for we shall indeed reap a harvest if we don't lose heart, if we don't quit, if we don't throw in the towel. Now, when I think about that, I think about Nehemiah. Nehemiah was called by God he put it in his heart hey go back to Jerusalem rebuild the wall the babylonians had destroyed the wall in 586 bc and destroyed solomon's temple and had really just kind of wiped Jerusalem off the map for a time and it's 140 years later and the lord puts it in nehemiah's heart go back he was a cupbearer to the king in persia go back and and see what's going on in Jerusalem and he did And then he uh, rallied the people to rebuild the wall. And it's been broken down for all those years, 140 years. And it's a huge task to rebuild the wall. Um, And and you remember in in that time, if you didn't have a wall, it's like having a house without doors. Um, You couldn't really have a city if you didn't have a wall around it and a way to protect it. So rebuilding the wall was key and they get to the halfway point. You know, you can kind of rally the troops and get everybody excited. Hey, we're going to do this. We're going to take this hill. And so they were all excited. They had t-shirts printed up. We're building the wall type deal. Um, But then they get to the halfway point and they run out of gas. It's kind of like the marathon. You hit the wall and uh, that comes at a certain point in the race, boom, my legs don't work anymore. This is so hard. I just want to quit. Well, Nehemiah and the people, they were getting ridiculed by two guys in particular, Sandbalat and Tobiah. They didn't want the wall built. They didn't want to see Jerusalem strong again because they benefit, benefited if Jerusalem uh, was weak. And so they started making fun of the work. Hey, if a fox jumps on this wall, he'll break it down. This, this What are these feeble Jews doing? They're—they're they're, What a joke they are. Their work is a joke and everything about them is just a joke. And uh, they began to ridicule them. Uh, somebody has once said that ridicule is the language of the devil. And as Debbie and I were talking about pastors, pastors are very sensitive to discouraging words. Uh, we we can become our worst critic, uh, especially as it relates to our sermons. So oh, goodness. If that is not
1: I... true of you. Every time you preach, you'll come home and I'll say, man, that was a great service. Oh, Debbie, it was a train wreck. I just did so bad. Almost every single time that you speak. Yeah, that's kind of how you feel when you're done.
0: Yeah, just just like I didn't, I wanted to say this, I didn't say that. I got, uh, I got lost in my notes or whatever it is. And um, you know, the bottom line is, it's not dependent upon us. God uses us if we're an open vessel and we're prepared. God will use us, but it's very easy to get discouraged, and discouraging words can really you know hurt us and they they stick in our hearts and so uh Sanballat and Tobiah trying to discourage and Nehemiah knew that the people were getting discouraged and so he pumped them up and then Sanballat and Tobiah uh threatened to harm the people and they said we're going to pounce on you we're going to kill you when you least expect it and i love what Nehemiah said Verse 14 of chapter four, when I saw their fear, I rose and spoke to the nobles and the officials and the rest of the people and said these words, do not be afraid of them. Remember the Lord who is great and awesome and fight for your brothers, your sons, your daughters, your wives, and your houses. So Debbie, how can we uh, incorporate that verse into our own lives when we feel like quitting Remember the Lord who is great and mighty and fight. How do we fight?
1: We have to fight, I think, first of all, through prayer. And that is our mechanism where we speak to God and He speaks back to us through prayer and through His Word. So we have to be in His Word and we have to be in prayer. And we have to make sure that we are around people who are encouraging people. Um, Because it's interesting how God... Uh, brings people into your life that are such encouragers, and the enemy uses people in your life to discourage you. And we see that all throughout scripture that God uses people, I mean, sorry, the enemy uses people to bring about discouragement. There's a verse in Ezra, Ezra 4, uh, verses 4 and 5, that said the local residents tried to discourage and frighten the people of Judah to keep them from their work. And so Satan. Uses people. He uses them to create fear in us, to create discouragement in us, to make us feel like throwing in the towel, um, to make us feel that the situation is hopeless. And what I love about that story about Nehemiah is it talks about this in Nehemiah chapter six. Nehemiah says, But I realized that they were plotting to harm me. So I replied and sent them this message I'm in, involved in a great work and I can't come down. Like I'm doing a great work on this wall, rebuilding this wall, and I am not going to come down. I am not going to a- enable you, give you the power over me to cause me to get discouraged to the point where I'm going to quit and I'm not going to finish this work. Right. And so I, I think that we have to ask the Lord for discipline in our minds to guard our minds from those sand ballots <laughs> that, that come into our life and want to discourage us and get our eyes off of the goal and off of the the prize. And um, because they are going to come, there are going to be those, those people that do that in our lives. And I think that is so important, that disciplined mindset and in and of ourselves, some of us innately are disciplined. God just has innately put that in our personality mix and other people have to work harder at discipline. But when it comes to an attack of the enemy, we all have to focus on being disciplined it that is not a natural response over a length and period of time
0: right yeah if you as my principal told me and i've never forgotten it if you ain't got discipline you ain't got nothing uh Obviously, he spoke better than that, but but that was the gist. He, he was putting that on for emphasis. If you ain't got discipline, you ain't got nothing. That's so true. Discipline yourselves for the purpose of godliness, and we have to discipline our mind. So Nehemiah told the people, remember the Lord who is mm-hmm. great and awesome. Uh, when we get weary in well-doing and we get discouraged and we feel like quitting, we're not remembering the Lord who's great and awesome we're thinking this is too hard. We're thinking God is not using me. God is not listening to my prayers. Um, Nothing is happening. I just need to throw in the towel. I had a seminary professor said, uh, he's talking to preachers and he said, you know, you're really called of the Lord. It's when you throw in the towel to quit and he throws it back and says, you can't quit. You can't quit. I've called you, you can't quit. Remember the Lord who is great and awesome God is in control. God is in charge. Um, the king's heart is like channels of water in the hand of the Lord. He turns it wherever he wishes. The Lord sat as king at the flood. Yes, the Lord sits as king forever. He is in charge of all things. And remember not only the Lord, but remember the work that he's called you to do. It's a good work. So, as you said, Nehemiah 6, I am doing a great work and cannot right. come down. I, I see with people so often they feel like what they're doing doesn't matter. Let's talk, Debbie, about a, a discouraging job: being a stay-at-home mom.
1: Right. I was just talking to my middle, my our middle daughter about that this weekend because. Children don't give you pats on the back all along the way to tell you you're doing such a great job. You know, little Jack who's seven months old doesn't look up at mommy and say, mommy, you changed that diaper better than anyone in the on the planet. Thank you so much for changing my diaper. It it doesn't happen like that. And so when you're home with small children, you're not getting that encouragement all along the way. You have to have the long look because eventually if you're, if you are focused and you're doing the Things the way that the Lord wants you to do them, your children are going to rise up and call you blessed. Right. That is going to happen. But all along the way in those formative years, no, no, no. You're not getting a lot of encouragement then. And so you have to encourage yourself in the Lord to know that even though I know at this moment I'm not reaping some huge reward, that reward is coming. And the Lord is going to be faithful to do that for me. And regardless of what the enemy puts into my mind, about that my job isn't worth anything. Other people are so much more valuable than me. I'm only staying home. I'm only doing this, those kind of thoughts. You have to discipline yourself to rise above that and say, oh, no, no, what I'm doing is a great work. It is a great work. It's a noble task. And um, this is the The future of our country rests on this generation that i'm raising up right. right now it's a very noble task right um and and you have to keep that as your focus
0: and and If you have a job in the church, let's say you work in the nursery, you can say well, what's the point of this? i just i change dirty diapers, I clean." Uh, spit up, runny noses. Yeah, spit up and all that stuff. Hey, you're doing a great work because in any church, if the nursery is solid and loving and caring, those parents can go and be in the service and not have to worry about, uh, is my child being taken care of well? Because they know that that's happening so that they can listen, so that they can become uh, believers, perhaps, uh, if they're not Christians, so that they can grow in their faith every part of what we do uh in a church it makes a difference in ministry it makes a difference and god uses that martin luther used to say this a dairy maid can milk cows to the glory of god if she does it for the lord and in the power of the holy spirit
1: i was thinking about that with just if if you're working in a secular job and you just feel like it's just this mundane you know, what am I doing? You know, because that can easily happen. But if the Lord has placed you in that job, He has you there for a purpose and for a reason. And so in every job, you're doing good. Don't grow weary in doing good. If that's where the Lord has you, that is your place of ministry. That is your place of service. And so you have to continually go back to, okay, I may not be giddy happy this day with my job, but the Lord has me here. He has me here for a reason. I'm going to look for ways that I can minister encouragement to those people around me. I'm going to look for ways that I can honor him by working hard, by respecting the authority um, that I'm under, all of those things.
0: That's exactly right. That's what Joseph did in Mm -hmm. the book of Genesis. He didn't want to be a slave, but okay, this is where God has me. I'm going to be the best slave they've ever seen. And then he gets put in prison for a crime he didn't commit. OK, I'm going to be the number one tw- trustee they've ever seen. And he just would bloom where he was planted. Well, we're talking about uh, not growing weary in well-doing. And we'll be taking your calls in this next segment. The number to call is 1-888-589-8840. That's one 589 We're going to take a quick break. Don't go away.
3: Hi, this is Pastor Robert Morris. I'm often asked, how do I grow in my relationship with the Lord? How do I hear God? What is God's plan and purpose for me? I wanna personally invite you to join me on Sunday mornings right here on AFR for Worship and the Word. And we will discover the answer to these questions together. We'll explore the truths found in God's Word that will help you strengthen your faith and develop a more intimate relationship with Him.
0: Hi, this is Frank Turek. If you want to be better equipped to defend the truth and goodness of the gospel in a world filled with pandemics and
2: natural disasters and utter confusion, join me, Richard Howe, Edward Graham, Hugh Ross,
0: Jay Warner Wallace, and even John Cooper from Skillet at the 28th Annual National Conference on Christian Apologetics. It's April 8 to 9, but seats are limited, so register by going to ses.edu. That's ses.edu. Hi,
7: I'm John Sorensen, President of Evangelism Explosion, and this is Share Life Today on American Family Radio. You are a full-time missionary. You just may not know it yet. Now you might be thinking, John, how can you be sure I don't feel called to get on a plane to a different country? You may have a career that you're both focused on and enjoy, and you know what? That's wonderful. But my statement doesn't change. You are a full-time missionary. God has placed you in your work environment for a reason, and that purpose is to Share the love of Christ with the people around you. Missionaries aren't just those who are called to foreign places. They're also those who talk to their neighbor a cubicle over about Jesus. So here's a few tips about sharing with those you work with. Firstly, start to pray for your coworkers by name and entreat God to give you an opportunity to have a spiritual conversation with them. And then get ready because God will use you mightily. Not sure where to start? Well, visit our website at sharelife.today. That's sharelife.today.
4: Hi, this is Steve Tiber with Eight Days of Hope. As many of you know, Hurricane Ida devastated Louisiana in August, making landfall as a category four hurricane, leaving thousands of families in need of hope. Do you know it's been three years since 8 Days of Hope deployed on a rebuilding trip where we help hundreds of families rebuild their homes for free? But today I've got some exciting news. We're announcing that 8 Days of Hope 17 is going to take place in Laplace, Louisiana from April 9th through the 16th, bringing hope to those who are feeling hopeless. We're going to be doing roofing and drywall painting and so much more. If you'd love to use your gifts to serve those in need, go to our website, 8daysofhope.com. As always, it's free to volunteer with us. Food and lodging are provided. again, if you're looking to be the hands and feet of Jesus, join us in April when we go to La Paz, Louisiana, during 8 Days of Hope 17. Again, for more information about this outreach or any arm of the ministry, go to 8daysofhope.com. That's 8daysofhope.com.
0: Welcome back to the broadcast. Pastor Jeff Shreve here along with my wife, Debbie. We're talking about staying encouraged and staying focused in ministry. Paul told the Galatians, let us not lose heart in doing good, for in due time we will reap if we do not grow weary, if we do not quit, if we don't throw in the towel. We're going, we're going to be taking your calls. The number to call is 1-888-589-8840, and we would love to talk to you. Debbie, you have a poem about not quitting.
1: Yes, I found this poem a while back because I was uh, teaching my Sunday school class on this topic of not quitting, and um, some sources say that it's an, an anonymous poem, but other, others kind of attribute it to this gentleman by the name of Edgar Guest, but it goes something like this. When things go wrong, and they sometimes will, when the road you're trudging seems all uphill, when the funds are low and the debts are high, and you want to smile but you have to sigh, When care is pressing you down a bit, rest if you must, but don't you quit. Life is queer with its twists and turns, as every one of us sometimes learn. As many a failure turns about when he might have won had he stuck it out. Don't give up, though the pace seems slow. You may succeed with another blow. Success is failure turned inside out, the silver tint of the clouds of doubt and you never can tell how close you are. It may be near when it seems so far. So stick to the fight when your are hardest hit. It's when things seem worst that you must not
0: quit. Yes. It's always too early to quit. That's Jerry Falwell Sr.'s uh, famous statement. It's always too early to quit. Quitters never win and winners never quit. And in the Christian life, there's no place for quitting. You can't walk away. You can't say this is too hard. I I quit. The Lord has called you to walk with Him, and He calls many of us to do uh, assignments that are just they're just difficult. Uh, I love the testimony of Darlene Dybler, and she has such she's in heaven now, but she had such a tremendous love for the Lord, and she was a missionary in uh, in Indonesia during World War II, and she was on a prisoner of war camp for a long period of time and thought she was going to lose her life, beaten for her faith. And she said, I know some about the sufferings of following the Lord, but she said, I love him and I would go anywhere for my Lord. It's whatever he wants me to do. I heard him call, come follow. That was all. And she said, oh, beloved, who wouldn't follow if they heard him call? And so we need to follow the Lord. We need to do what he says. And remember this about growing weary, because this is so important. We can get weary in the work, but we must never get weary of the work. And so you have to ask yourself when you just feel burned out and so exhausted, am I tired in the work or am I tired of? Of the work, because if you get weary and tired of the work, I can't listen to anybody's problems anymore. I just can't preach anymore. I can't sing in the choir anymore. I'm just so burned out. I'm just gonna. I'm just gonna take uh, time off. It's okay to take time off. It's okay to rest. But if if I'm gonna take time off means I'm gonna take a break from church. I'm gonna take a break from God. Uh, <clears throat> you are weary of the work and that's a problem a big time problem here's the problem and or here's the situation we can as we serve the lord we can burn the wick the candle wick or we can burn the oil from the oil lamp now if you burn the wick you consume the candle and you run out of wax and you get totally depleted you're operating in the flesh But if you burn the oil, then you're operating in the power of the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit never gets weary. The Holy Spirit never runs out of energy. And so it's very important for us to make sure we're filled with the Spirit and we're not operating out of the flesh, that we're burning the oil and not burning the wick.
1: You know, when when I've had those times in my own heart where I've just wanted to quit because it's just seemed too hard. <laughs> I always go back to that story with Peter where uh, Jesus is talking to the disciples and all the disciples uh, desert Jesus and Simon Peter's still there. And and Jesus says to them, hey, are you going to leave too? And Peter says, well, to whom would we go, Lord? you have the words of life you know and it's like so often we can just want to quit and it's like okay but but where are we going to go if we quit what are we going to do if we quit where are we going to look to for our hope if we quit where are we going to look to for our eternity if we quit what are we going to do and the answer is the answer is always found in Christ. And so we just have to say, okay, Lord, I'm I'm weary. Holy Spirit, I need you to just infuse me with strength. I need you, you to infuse me with a fresh wind. I need you to infuse me with hope. I need you to sweep away this fatigue and this emotional weariness that I have. Lord, I'm I need you so desperately. I cannot pull myself up by my bootstraps right now. I am in desperate need of you to renew. Just like in that verse in Isaiah, Isaiah 40, I always call Jeff Mr. Bible because he can just quote things off the top of his head. So Jeff, can you just quote that for us?
0: Isaiah forty thirty one. Yes. But they that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings as eagles. They shall run and not grow weary. They shall walk and not faint. So we have to wait on the Lord, which mm-hmm. goes back to what David said. I would have despaired unless I'd believed that I would see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. I know God's going to show me his goodness. He just hasn't done it yet, but I'm expecting him to do it. I'm waiting for him to do it. And then he says, Psalm 27, 14, wait for the Lord. Be strong and let your heart take courage. Yes, wait for the Lord. Waiting is hard. Oh,
1: it's so hard. That's the, where you can become, you can feel hopeless when you're in that waiting phase.
0: Right. And you just feel like, uh, I guess God just has forgotten me. I guess um, nothing's going to happen. Think about how Joseph had to wait. He was given a dream when he was 17 years old that uh, your brothers are going to bow down to you. Um, when he told them the dream, they hated Probably him even more. It
1: wasn't his best move, telling <laughs> no, him the <to> dream.
0: <laughs> no. But he had to wait. Because it wasn't for, uh, it was 20 something years later that his brothers actually did that. And so he he had to wait on the Lord and wait on that dream and not throw in the towel and not quit. When he got sold into slavery, he could have quit, but he didn't. Well, and those were not wasted years. No.
1: Because God used that time, God used those two decades in Joseph's life to develop in him the character, the fortitude, the discipline, all of those things that he was going to need to be the number two man in all of Egypt. Right. And he could not have just uh, morphed into that on his own strength. He had to be put through those different situations to learn those things and to learn those characteristics and to learn to lean on the Lord, to learn to trust in Jehovah God. And uh, he wouldn't have been prepared to be number two.
0: Yeah. And so if God has given you a dream in your heart, a dream for ministry, a dream in your life that would be uh, glorifying to the Lord, uh, don't quit on the dream. I think about Simeon. You know, we tell about Simeon at at Christmas time. Well, God had told him that he would not see death until he saw the Messiah, the consolation of Israel. And so every day he would pray. And it, no doubt he's an old man when he finally meets the baby Jesus at the temple. And he says, now my eyes have seen the Lord's salvation. God fulfilled the promise that he gave to Simeon. And he said, now, Lord, I can depart in peace for my eyes have seen your salvation. And so if God has put something in your heart, a dream that uh, for a, a marriage, for a family, for some blessing from the Lord, and you just know this is this God has given me this. Delight yourself in the Lord, and He will give you the desires of your heart. Don't quit on that. Uh keep trusting Him. I love what Adrian Rogers said uh many years ago in a sermon I listened to. It is better to die in faith than to live in doubt. Mm, that's I would good. I would rather go to breathe my last breath saying, God, I still believe you for this, even though I didn't see it come to pass, knowing that after my life is is over, maybe then he'll bring it to pass. Uh, George Mueller prayed for a friend of his for 50 years that he would come to faith in Christ. And when George Mueller died, that guy didn't come to faith in Christ, but at his funeral, at the funeral for George Mueller, that guy put his faith and trust in Jesus. God hears our prayers. God answers our prayers when they're in accordance with his will. He answers in his timing, not in our timing.
1: I was thinking about the story of Noah because you know, he he was a preacher of righteousness and he continued to build that boat decade after decade after decade after decade and he didn't quit. Right. And you know, if he would have quit, God would have found another way to, for things to work obviously but you know we might not be here if he wouldn't have done that you know and uh just the perseverance that that took because he didn't have a lot of people cheering him on at the end of his of his years of preaching not a soul had yeah, been outside saved, of his family outside of his family and um but he continued on, and he was faithful with the mission that God had given him and the 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 job that God had given him. He was faithful to it
0: well, I think Noah needs to be the hero of every pastor because mm-hmm. that's a guy that didn't quit when it would have been so so easy, easy to mm-hmm. quit hey we'll be taking your calls in this. Next segment, 1-888-589-8840. That's 1-888-589-8840. We would love to talk to you and to answer any question that you may have. And just to be an encouragement to you to keep going in the ministry that God has given you and to not quit because we will all reap in due time if we do not grow weary. Don't go away. We'll be right back after the break.
6: What we believe about the Bible is based on what we believe about its
4: source. The God Who Speaks, the award-winning documentary from the American Family Association, is now available in a special limited edition DVD set. This release includes a Sunday school curriculum and two hours of additional footage. Go to thegodwhospeaks.org to get your copy today. thegodwhospeaks.org. We're collecting stories of how God is using American Family Radio in the lives of our listening family. These brief stories will be an exciting part of Share April 19th through the 21st. Call right now to share the impact AFR has had on your life.
5: I've been a Christian for 20 years, but they have
6: helped open my eyes to so many things in this society.
4: Call 877 876 8893. That's 877 876 8893
6: we always had an interest. God has given us a gift of being able to help a lot of people with their finances and budgets and stuff.
4: AFA supporters Bernie and Alice Larson met Dan Celia at a Faith, Family, and Finance town hall meeting.
5: And he answered some questions, and we were thinking about the charitable gift annuities, and we'd never heard of that before, but we thought, well, we'd always wanted to leave some of our money with for God, but we didn't know where or how, and it, we felt like this was put into our laps as answer to our prayers as to what we could do after we're gone.
4: Bernie and Alice learned a charitable gift annuity from the AFA Foundation would provide them with a monthly income for life, as well as supporting the American Family Association into the future. You can learn more about charitable gift annuities and other financial products at afafoundation.net or call 800-326-4543,
0: extension 345.
5: And uh, you just can't outgive God
0: Hi, and welcome back to the broadcast. Pastor Jeff Shreve here, along with my wife, Debbie. We're talking about discouragement in ministry and to keep going, to not grow weary in doing good. We are will be taking your calls, one eight 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 five eight nine eight eight four zero, 589 8840 And we have Mac on the line, Mac from Ohio. Mac, go ahead. You're on the broadcast. I, uh,
6: I've i always went by the, the gospel in the Bible as far as... Uh, you know, do all things in moderation. And um, I want to ask you, I, I listen to you all the time. I drink a little beer and I smoke uh, cigarettes. Um, and, and I I feel, and I've always tried to do God's will as far as the Ten Commandments. And I played music and all once I got old, nobody wants to hear me play gospel Mm. music anymore. (laughs) Yeah. Um, Nobody called. I'm 74 years old. I lost two wives through cancer, and I I don't want to get discouraged But if God gives me a few more years. uh, You know? uh, Am I fooling myself by drinking a little light beer and uh, smoking a cigarette? Does, Does that make me an ill will? Person.
0: Well, I appreciate that, Mac, and I appreciate you calling in today um I would just say this so first corinthians ten thirty one says whether then you eat or drink or whatever you do, do all to the glory of God. if there's anything in our lives that we feel like okay does does this really glorify god can i can I glorify God in?" drinking a beer? Can I glorify God in smoking a cigarette? Um, and just bring that before the Lord and say, Lord, if, if this is not something you want me to do, if this doesn't bring you glory and honor, then help me to quit doing that. Um, you know, the Bible talks about liberties that we have in Christ, but then it talks about, don't use that liberty that could hurt somebody else. And so for me personally, I, uh, I When I became a Christian, I said, I'm not going to drink anymore because um, th- I just felt like that was going to hinder my witness because people – all the guys I hung out with, I got saved when I was a senior in high school. We all – drank on the weekends. And uh, if I said, well, you guys are drinking six beers. I'm only drinking two. You're getting drunk. I'm not. Uh, they wouldn't know that. They just saw that I was drinking. And so they they would lump me in. Well, I'm not going to listen to you because you're no different from me. And so I just made the, the decision to I'm going to separate myself from that. And so I would just encourage you with that. Uh, Mac just to to use that scripture, 1 Corinthians 10 31, and just really bring that before the Lord and say, Lord, I want uh I want to do what you want me to do. And so if if this is not pleasing to you, then, then show me and enable me to stop doing those things. And as far as your ministry, you know, as you as we get older, our ministry can change. Um and some of the things that uh that God had us do before maybe He has us do some different things. Maybe we mentor some other people in music or whatever it might be, but, uh, Just continue to keep your heart soft and open to the Lord and continue to to bring your passions up to him and say, Lord, you've told me if I delight myself in you, you'll give me the desires of my heart. And so, God, I'm available and just use me as you see fit. And and God will be pleased with that and he will respond to that. So thanks so much, Mac, for calling in. Thanks for listening to uh, to the From His Heart broadcast. Well, we have uh, Cheryl on the line from Virginia. Cheryl, go ahead. You're on the broadcast today.
5: Oh, hello! Good morning. I listen to you. <coughs> excuse me, Pastor Jeff. <coughs> excuse me. Um, many times on my way home from work years ago, and I would just be so anxious to get in my car and turn you on. <laughs> by the time I got home, I was all encouraged. But today, I love. I just love, love, love this uh, radio broadcast today because I need encouragement, like every, uh, everyone else. I know I sound young, but I am 72 years old. I'm an ex-professional athlete for the United States. And um, wow, right now, uh, I'm separated from my husband about four years, even though we're friends, and I pray for his salvation and so on and so forth. But I do not have a dowry. I do not have a pension. Unfortunately, in my marriage, it did not work out that way. And I have pretty much... Uh, lived hand to mouth. My father left me a very small inheritance years ago. And because I didn't have a husband or a house or anything, I had to rely on that money at certain times to make ends meet. And at my age, even though I'm very athletic and tiny, um, I take care of seven, almost eight horses right now. And I live above uh, a barn and I love the horses. I'm a horse person from a very young age, and it's physically grueling to my body. Um, Mm. As much as I love the Lord and have been sold out since um, I had one of those near-death experiences when I was 30, I am exhausted, and I have been praying for, this might sound crazy, a free house, no mortgage, no taxes, no rent. At my age, I've never had my own home. And I would love to be able to semi-retire. I am an evangelist and, um, you know, ride horses and be able to take people to lunch and, and share uh, the Lord with them. And, uh, the Lord is number one in my life. I'm so dependent on him. Every breath I take, every Mm. morsel of food, I am like Noah and all the people you described. And, um, so I'm praying for that house and I'm praying for a small or a large dowry as the Lord leads and certain things that have not come to pass at my age and I refuse to give up. I refuse. I'm like a bulldog <laughs> holding yes. on with that really tight bite. But I just love you both so much. You have no idea how much you have meant to me. You're so tender-hearted and you talk from your heart. How many times I've heard you almost break into tears because of something you mentioned. And that is just such a wonderful gift from God. So I will be quiet and listen to your, your feedback. Thank you.
0: Thank you, Cheryl. What a sweetheart. I appreciate you encouraging my heart. Well, I would say just keep praying. Um, Luke 18, be like the widow that keeps coming before the Lord uh, as she in that parable came before the judge. And then, Keep quoting God's word back to him, Ephesians 3.20, now to him who is able to do exceeding abundantly beyond all that we ask or think, according to the power that works within us, to him be the glory. Uh, There's a little poem I like that says this, you are coming to a king, large petitions with you bring, for his grace and power are such, no one can ever ask too much. And just keep asking him and saying, Lord, this is what's in my heart, and I'm asking for a big for a big request but I know you're a big God and you're a gracious God and you love me and you promised Philippians 4:19 that you'll provide for my every need as I trust you and so I Debbie and I will be praying with you Cheryl on that front also and we appreciate so much you calling in today and just sharing your heart and uh, thank you so much for your kind words to me and so uh, we'll be praying well we have Jim from South Dakota Jim go ahead you're on the broadcast today
3: How's it going, Pastor? I've called to talk to you before, and uh, I enjoy your ministry very much. Thank you. Keep up the good work. Thank you. Um, I just wanted to share one thing, a couple of things actually. I heard a tale, or heard read a story not too long ago, and whether it's true or not is not the issue. But there was a gold miner that bought a claim, and he spent years and years digging, trying to find the gold. Finally, one day he gave up, sold the claim to someone else. That person that bought that claim dug three feet and found the largest vein of gold (laughs) in that mountain range. Yes. So um, with that being said, just never give up.
0: Amen. Yeah, that's a true story. Yep, I think the guy's name was Darby, uh, if I recall correctly. Um, Yeah, he quit. And, uh, yeah, it's always too early to quit. That's a great story to to keep going.
3: And in response to your last caller, there is an organization in South Dakota that deals with horses and training. It's a veterans organization. I think it's Veterans... I can't remember what exactly it is, but they deal with soldiers with PTSD. And I think that might be something she would be interested in looking into.
0: Yeah. Well, that would be great. Okay. And that's in that's in uh, North Dakota or South Dakota? I'm sorry.
3: That's, that is in Warner, South Dakota.
0: Warner, W-A-R. South Dakota.
3: W-A-R. Yes.
0: Okay. Good. Well, Cheryl, that would be good to check that out. Maybe God will open the door there. Well, Jim, thank you so much for calling. What a blessing, and thanks for sharing that story. I, uh, I had forgotten about that. I used that in a sermon illustration some years ago, but uh, it is great to remember. Uh, keep going, keep digging, keep trusting, and uh, it's always too early to quit. God bless you, my brother. Well, Debbie…
1: I was thinking when um, Cheryl was talking, because I remember hearing this in a sermon decades ago, but it's always just resonated in my heart. And that is that God always provides a pasture for his sheep. Mm. He's a good shepherd and he leads you beside the still waters and he has a pasture for you as a sheep and he takes good care of you because he's a good shepherd. He knows you by name and, uh, that was just always such an encouragement to me. Right. To know that.
0: Yeah. Philippians four nineteen, And my God shall supply all your needs according to his riches and glory by Christ Jesus. God is a good God and a loving Father, and we can trust him to take care of us. David said, I have been young and I have been old, but I've never seen the righteous forsaken, nor his children begging bread.
1: And don't you know that the cross was hard? Aren't you glad he didn't quit? Amen. Aren't you glad Jesus didn't quit?
0: Right. He didn't quit. So uh, be encouraged today. And uh, we always talk about two words, shine and share. Shine for Christ and share the story that Jesus died on the cross and rose again from the dead, that he loves everyone and he'll save anybody who put his faith and trust in Jesus. Make it a great day. We'll be here again tomorrow.